Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. And I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on several acres out in the country. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and we want others to love it, too. Yes, we do, and we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this, our special episode about... Gardening after a terrible, bad, bad winter. Yes, indeedy, and we have a quote for that. The way a crow shook down on me the dust of snow from a hemlock tree has given my heart a change of mood and save some part of a day I had rude by Robert Frost. And we have a feeling that many people are going to rue the bad days of winter, especially our friends in Texas and Oklahoma. Pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yes, everybody's having a terrible, bad, bad winter. So we thought we'd have this special episode and talk about, yes, winters can be hard. Yes, they can. And we can call this bad, this one was really a bad, bad winter. And it started in October in Oklahoma with that terrible ice storm. I lost power for two weeks and our trees and gardens will be different this year. I, I try not to say never be the same because that sounds negative. Um, I lost at least four Japanese maples, but I'm looking at that as an opportunity. And then there were the February snowstorms. Yes. Yes. And down in Texas. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They got snow that they've never gotten before, loss of power, loss of water. And I'm sure gardeners looked out at their gardens and thought, what's going to be alive when this is over? And you had record cold too. We did. And we also had record snow. But the good news for us is our garden, our gardens were dormant for the most part. And Texas, the problem, and I, I don't think Northerners understand. I heard a lot of stuff on, I saw a lot of stuff on line and northerners were making fun of the texans just like they made fun of atlanta when they had the ice storm what they don't understand is the houses in dallas texas and further south are not made for this kind of cold and honestly the ones they are not the ones in oklahoma weren't made for it either we were just fortunate because we did have rolling blackouts this time but because of this the ice storm in october our electrical grid was updated a bunch. And in Texas, they didn't expect this storm. Their houses weren't made for it. Then they had the giant blackouts for two weeks. Lots of pipes were frozen. In October, when we had the blackouts for two weeks because of the limbs falling, the difference was we only had like three bad days of cold, and then the weather warmed up because it was October, right? Right. This was December. No, I'm sorry. It was February. And so they had... I just feel so sorry for them because I've been through that and it's just, it's just rough. It is rough. And I, I live where, you know, last week we had a lot of snow, but it's not the kind of, I mean, we had a lot of snow. We get a lot of snow in Indiana. We always get a big snowstorm like that at least once. If we don't, we feel cheated, but we plant for it, so to speak. And right. I was actually going to look up in one of my old college textbooks on plant physiology about why some plants aren't cold hardy and it has to do with when their cells freeze and then thaw, they like explode. 
Right, which is the reason frost, is it frost flower? It's a native down here, and when it explodes in, you know, supposedly in the late fall, when it does that, it makes those beautiful frost flowers that are on the stems because those exploded and liquid came out of them. Well, that's what happened to the pipes in Texas, because as you and I discussed last week, in Texas and Oklahoma, sometimes they have pipes on the exterior walls. Do they do that in Indiana? Not if you can help it. You better have them pretty well insulated. All my pipes right. are on interior walls. I'm Yes, all my pipes are on interior walls. But if you live in Zone 8 and Zone 9, you're not expecting that. And I'm just going to say a quick thing about Atlanta and the ice storm. That ice storm came in the middle of rush hour, which is exactly what happened last week in Oklahoma and Texas. And those giant pileups and people being stressed, when you're trying to drive home and you get a sudden ice storm, it's it's like everyone's worst nightmare. And what happened in Fort Worth was horrible. So we're going to talk, we're going to do another quote, which you're going to do. And then we're going to talk about good things. We're going to do a quote because we want to have this to be an uplifting, helpful podcast episode. We cannot cure the world of sorrow, but we can choose to live in joy. Joseph Campbell. Okay, so now we're going to discuss what do you do now as the ice and snow melt, which most of the ice and snow is melted in my garden today, even though we got so much. Um, There's not much you can do at first. However, go look at your garden. Try not to be too upset. And Texans with the succulents, I'm really sorry. Uh, Yeah, and I remember seeing palm trees in gardens in Texas, which is kind of a little bit north for palm trees. And I'm thinking, ooh. In Dallas it is. Those aren't going to make it. Yeah, Yeah, in Dallas, Dallas. they're not going to make it. But did you know that Oklahoma has a native palm? So, you know, it depends on the type of palm tree. And, um, but yes, those ones that you saw in Dallas, they probably died. And, you know, that happens. Um, The ones way down south, they'll be probably okay. But I was going to say the same thing happened to us in October I'm going to have to dig up some Japanese maples and it's going to be okay because I'm going to go back and plant some native shrubs in their place. That's a, that's a great idea. And I'll tell you, I uh, probably this afternoon will go around my garden and just kind of see how things fared after the big snow. I was looking out the back window this morning though, and there are rabbit trails all through that (laughs) backyard. And I'm thinking, so here's the thing I got to look for is they got to eat. Mm-hmm. And so when everything is snow covered, they nibble on any stems of live plants that are sticking up out of the ground. So I'm going to go inspect some of my shrubs to see if the rabbits ate any of those stems. Like it's, if they girdled them or something, because that, that happens too. So that's the thing. Go out, see things. If something is clearly broken off, you ought to go ahead and nicely prune it off. But don't get too ambitious too quickly to try to get things cleaned up. Right. So I'm looking at my sunshine ligustrum out my window. And normally in my winter, it stays green. Um, But this year, all the leaves on it died. So I will take those leaves off. And I will trim it back to where I was going to trim it back before. But I'm not going to trim anything extra or assume it's dead because it's not. And I would say the same thing for some of your other plants, which we'll talk about a little bit more after the other quote. But it is right now, at least in my state, it is time to cut back your roses and also your ornamental grasses to get them ready for spring. And since you had snow and ice, it knocked them back too. Also, if you had ice down in Texas, 
get some help with the limbs. In Oklahoma, we had so many limbs. I mean, there was just debris everywhere in the city because the whole state got three ice storms in a row. I'm still getting rid of limbs, and um, I'm actually hiring help to work on my southern magnolia tree because the ice didn't hurt it, but the heavy snow in December just destroyed it. Right. But not destroyed as in it's dead. It just needs to be trimmed up, and then we'll look at it and see how it is. And when you when you go to hire somebody, if you've never hired anybody before, try to get a good referral because, unfortunately, there will be people out trying to scam you and don't pay before the work is done kind of deal and make sure that they, you are watching, that they understand what you want to have done. And I always say get a referral from somebody. The guys that came last week, I had a referral from a friend, so I knew that they were good guys. Um, and weren't going to just tear everything up or half shovel. So if you've never hired anybody for your garden, make sure you get a good re- recommendation. Also, if they're working in trees that are 30 feet tall, I would ask for an insurance certificate. If oh, one of them gets yes. hurt with a chainsaw, they need to have insurance so that they don't come back on you. So that was one of the things that we did. Don't hire the meth head down the street. That's, that's a right. good point. <laughs> Um, Our next quote is, the best fertilizer is the gardener's shadow. It's unknown, although it's often attributed to various people. Um, So that's that anonymous. So as spring approaches, what do you need to watch for, Carol? What do I watch for? I watch for the little robin to come bob, bob, bobbing along or something else. (laughs) I'm saying, what do you watch for in your plants to make sure that they're not dead or... I watch for new you growth, know. signs of buds that are plumping up and things like that. I I do want to say something else about another fertilizer people don't realize from winter. What? Snow. Snow's a great insulator. It's a great insulator, but it adds a little bit of nitrogen to the soil. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yes. interesting. I was reading about that, and I will have to find a link. And I don't know if I have it in our notes down here further. I probably don't. I will find a link. There's a bunch of articles out there, um, but it adds a little bit of nitrogen. So if we can get our gardens recovered, we've got good soil moisture going. We've got added nitrogen. So it could be could be a blessing in disguise. Well, I think snow is almost always a blessing in disguise in a garden. And I told people that all last week because people were panicking and writing me emails and texting me and all this stuff. Um, one plant that has grown extensively in Oklahoma and Texas is the crepe myrtle. Um, in my garden, I, I can just tell you that in 2009, we got down to negative 17, just like we did this last time. And, um, we, at that time we had 24 inches of snow, which is not, I didn't have that much this time, but the crepe myrtles died back down to the snow line because the snow insulated their roots. So instead of having crepe myrtle trees, for several years, I had crape myrtle shrubs. Then it happened again in 2011. And we're going to see more of these kind of wild storms, I think, in the future. And so we need to adjust. And you know what? If you have crape myrtle trees, you may now have crape myrtle shrubs, and that's okay. And if you decide to dig them out because of crape myrtle scale, because that's been a huge problem in Oklahoma, I don't know about Texas, you know, it's okay. You can dig them out and plant them later when crape myrtle scale is gone. And guess what? Crepe myrtles can be grown in Indiana, and they are always shrubs, and they almost always die back to the ground and get cut off. And guess what? You don't have crepe myrtle scale because 
you cut them back to the ground every year and new growth comes up and that doesn't have time to overwinter, which is something of a blessing. I don't personally well, have you. them, but I know, I know where several are growing and around the yep. South side. And I can, I can, I'm like, there's a crape myrtle because they bloom in late summer. One more thing about crape myrtles. They come out of dormancy really late. So don't assume they're dead, but watch for wick, which we will talk about in a minute. And maybe you're ready to make some changes in your garden. I know I am. So this is an opportunity. Exactly. I call those holes of opportunity. Exactly. And one other thing, when you're walking around your garden, if a plant was not well-rooted, sometimes we have the freezing and the thawing and the freezing and the thawing, and the plant just sort of gets heaved out of the soil, and then the roots dry out, and that's what kills it. So we uh, do a very fancy technique here in Indiana to put those plants back into the soil we see them. What's that? We just kind of use the heel of our foot. And I was going to say, push them back in. Do. Yeah. yeah, we just sort of yeah, push we... them back in with the heel of our foot and, and uh, hope that they got to them in time. And so that's something that as the snow melts, I'm going to go around and see if anybody's showing their roots and then I'm going to put them back in the ground. Okay, so I'm, I can tell people that live down here two plants that'll do that for sure. Hookeras. Hookeras yep. are going to... They like to throw themselves out of the soil and commit suicide when cold comes. So try to heal them back in. If it doesn't work, then you can shovel prune them later and replace them. They aren't expensive anymore. So just, you know, don't worry about it. The other thing is Shasta daisies. On the edges of the clumps, there's always three or four of them that like throw themselves in the air. And I'm like, okay. And I actually lost a tree this year. I lost a big tree. It was a um, Deodor cedar. Uh -huh. And it fell over in the ice storm, and I didn't catch it fast enough because I was so worried about all the limbs I had to cut down. And so that doggone thing is dead, dead, dead as a doornail. And it was really expensive, so I'm going to have to dig it out. Uh, a, a Deodor cedar heaving out of the ground, that is some big heaving. That's well, it was, you know what? It wasn't in there that many years. It was no, year number three or four. And on top of that, we had a lot of ice, and the ice weighed it down. And uh -huh. pulled it over. That's so that's happened. the thing. Many evergreens are not as deeply rooted as people think. And around here, it's mm -hmm. the spruces. Blue and spruce. if you if you get a big weight of snow or ice, that thing can just keel over. If it's not, you know, it's like on a little slope or something. It really literally just falls over. And you're like, what happened here? And tornadoes take out blue spruce here. And uh, big snowstorms take out southern magnolias because mine was 30 feet tall. So there was no way to get there with a broom and knock off the snow. So I, when we think, so when we're thinking about what we're going to put back, and we were going to talk about this in another show too, think about layering more shrubs for pollinators and birds. Because yes. our gardens are little oases for creatures. They are. And the other thing I want to say as you're walking around your garden is don't assume too soon that a plant is dead. It might be partially dead. It might be just like in shock and slow to leaf out. So you really got to give it a fair amount of time. And, you know, into June around here. May, late May, late May here. Yeah, but in into June, and there's a couple of shrubs, um, the fringe, the Virginia fringe tree is one that I know is very late to leaf out around here. So I never get too excited until about June or July. That might be my laziness too. <laughs> Southern gardeners need to think about it in May. If stuff doesn't yes. come out by May, 
or it doesn't it doesn't have any green under the bark, you need to go ahead and shovel prune that baby or cut it to the ground, depending on the plant. And the reason I say that is you don't want to be planting things in June and July in Oklahoma because, well, it's too hot. And I want to say something else about if you cut it back to the ground and you want it to come back from the roots, two things. Number one, you really may not like the plant that comes back from the roots, especially like if it was a tree crepe myrtle. And then the other thing is, if this tree was grafted and some roses are grafted and you let things come back from the roots, the root stock is coming back, but the the upper part, the part that was desirable is not. So you still want to just... Just haul that all completely out. So all those ugly red roses that you guys see in people's gardens growing along fences, those are the rootstock probably for Blaze, which was a climbing red rose that was really popular. And it died back to the root system. And so you got the rootstock rose. It'll bloom one time. In fact, my daughter has one in her garden. Just dig that out and put in a desirable plant. And I don't care what plant you put. And also fruit trees. A lot of fruit trees are grafted, and if it goes down to the rootstock, there's no telling what kind of fruit tree you're going to have. Exactly. So let's talk about, you have a lovely little quote from The Secret Garden where Dickens shows Mary that the rose isn't dead. Right. And so when I'm walking around in spring, I always think about this section of The Secret Garden. Do you want me to read a section and then you read a section so it doesn't seem so? Okay, so I'll start with it. So... This is when they go inside the garden, and she's asking him about plants and how can you tell, because it's early spring and everything looks dead. He stepped over to the nearest tree, an old, old one with gray lichen all over its bark, but upholding a curtain of tangled sprays and branches. He took a thick knife out of his pocket and opened one of its blades. There's lots of dead wood as ought to be cut out, he said, and there's a lot of old wood but made it some new last year. This here's a new bit, and he touched a shoot which looked brownish-green inside of hard, dark gray, dry gray. Mary touched it herself in an eager, reverent way. That one, she said, is that one quite alive? Dickon curved his wide, smiling mouth. And so he touches it, and he also takes his, his pocket knife and goes underneath And when he does, he sees a bit of green and he tells her that it's okay, it's alive. And he's actually working on a rose. So I think it's important to remember that roses, when you're pruning those and other things too, if it's dry, gray, and brittle, you can almost always prune it out. And you should prune out all the deadwood in the spring. But anything that looks brownish green, it is almost always okay. And as long as it isn't growing under the graft, in the case of grafted roses, you can keep it. If it is growing under the graft, cut it out or you'll have, it'll take over your rose. That's right. And so our next quote is a very famous one. Everybody knows it. To plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. Audrey Hepburn. And that's the truth. That's why all of us garden ultimately is that we want to believe in tomorrow and we want to see what comes next. They say that there are no old gardeners They're all young at heart because they're always looking forward to the next new thing. So long-term, it might change your garden. These storms will probably change your garden, but it might be so much better. And in our cases down here in the South, 
Shadier areas will probably be sunnier, for example, and you can try new plants. And try to plant a few native things where you had other things, because a lot of times they have berries and different things that help pollinators. Yeah, and the storm may just have you know, done enough damage to some things that you knew maybe were overgrown and really did need to come out anyway, but you just like, oh, I got to go another season with it. And maybe this storm, this all this snow and desecration across the country is enough to make you make that change. You knew you needed to make anyway. So it's all good. And so our advice is also, if you have to make a lot of change to your garden and dig out of a lot of plants, hire some young, strong backs to do it. Yes. Um, Because you don't need to hurt yourself, your shoulder or your back and be down for two weeks. No. Because you decided to dig out something that's too big. Um, Go ahead and hire it. In the end, it'll be cheaper than going to the hospital. And the other thing that you might do while we're talking about it, and I'm not trying to promote your garden coaching business, but there are, I would say there's garden coaches and there's garden designers and there are landscape designers And depending on what you've got going, you may want to look into maybe it's time for a whole new garden design, or maybe even I think of the garden designer as somebody who's very well-versed and knows how to lay out a beautiful flower bed and the plants to put in there. Or maybe you want a landscape architect because you want to redo a whole patio area and put in some hardscape. Or maybe you just need somebody whispering over your shoulder, a garden coach who's saying, "That's, that's a good idea. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I know you you do that for a lot of people. I do that for a lot of people. I'm starting to get really busy. Um, I you know we had to stop for a little bit because of all the weather, but now the weather's going to be good, and people are putting in raised beds. And I would say that's the number one thing I get asked about right now are raised beds. And so, um, where are you going to place those? Is it near a water source? You know, just practical things. I'll also say that landscape architects, garden designers, landscape architects. I mean, did I say landscape? No, landscape designers. Yes. So all of those disciplines, which are very different disciplines, they do overlap. And so make sure you're hiring the person that you really want. Right. Exactly. And I, when I think about landscape architects, I think about people who have a little bit more of a engineering background. So they know how to put in a new patio. So it slopes appropriately to drain away from the house and things like that. But they may not be all up on all the latest plants, which is where I would go to a garden designer or garden coach who knows more about a lot of the new plants. But if you can get one in all of it, you know, one person, that's good too. And also go by referrals. Always. Because um, sometimes people want to charge a lot of money for something. And um, sometimes I see landscape ideas that only use a certain palette of plants because that's what's cheap. Yep. And maybe that's what you want. Maybe that isn't what you want. So on to our next quote. There are no gardening mistakes, only experiments. This is by Janet Kilburn Phillips. And I worked really hard on this quote because I was trying to figure out who she was. It turns out she was a British, a British gardener who came to the United States and felt really lost because a lot of our soil is clay and it's not easy to grow things in the United States. Totally different weather. And so she actually put together a CD called English Cottage Gardening American Style. Interesting. And this this quote is all over the internet, but she doesn't really have an internet, an online presence that I could find. 
So I would be interested in seeing that CD if I still have a CD player. Oh, and oh, and I should say the info that I find out found out about her finally is from a really interesting website. And this particular, it's actually about mindsets. And this particular post was called Growth, Mindset, and Gardening by Carletta Shannon. So I want to give her a shout out. Yeah, and we'll try to find a link for that and put that in some show notes here. So we've talked about one of our pieces of advice as we kind of wrap this up is look for the helpers, good advice. If you don't really know where to start, your your local cooperative extension service is probably putting out information about how to deal with whatever's going on in most of the gardens in your area. So check them out. Local master gardeners are getting themselves all geared up to help. Yeah. And they have a helpline at most extension services, which is um, master gardeners actually man that line. And so it's a good place to call if you have a small question. Um, If you have a lot more questions about your landscape, you might want to hire somebody who can help you with it. Right. And go to a local garden center, a locally owned garden center. There are helpers there as well. Um, they're not all just trying to sell you more plants. They they have some people or maybe know some people that you can find to help you with your garden. And remember, don't assume that something's dead above ground and that it won't come back from the roots given a little time. But also it won't it won't grow back as big as it was, especially a crepe myrtle or a big climbing rose if it's died that far down. And remember, don't do it on grafted rootstock. That's one of the important things. And the main thing to remember, Dee, patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue. And I can tell you guys, my garden was significantly different in 2009 after that big snowstorm and the really low temperatures. It was significantly different in 2011. And then it was also significantly different in 2011 because that was that horrible summer from Hades. Yes. Okay. We had a drought. So yes, yes, I remember. Oh, you guys had that drought too. We just had those horrible temperatures. So my garden, I'm looking at it outside right now. It's fine. It's fine. Mine, it will come back. Mine is going to be fine too, but I would have seasonal weather and nothing to complain about. So our hearts go out to the people of Texas and the people of Oklahoma and other points around the, the people of Tennessee, Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, everybody who's struggling this winter, looking out their garden and thinking, oh, no, now what? We hope our special episode has been helpful. We do. And with that, we'll close it up. We'll have stuff in the show notes. As always, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, pass along the good word that gardens will come back. We'll be better Gar- after. We'll be better for it. We'll be stronger. Yes, we'll be better for it as gardeners because it'll challenge us somewhat. And also our gardens will be better because you'll make changes because every year you become a better gardener because you have more practice. That's right. So you will do things differently. We're getting a lot of practice this year. That we are. All right. Everybody take care. Enjoy the spring that's coming just in a few more minutes. And we are so excited about that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.